Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome into this week's Dublin to Denver podcast with me, Colm Cronin, and joined by the effervescent Stuart Roach. Stuart, how are you doing? I am. I am. I'm very well, Colin. How are you? Effervescent, but a long time since anybody described me as that. I think it, it must be spring almost coming towards summer now. Must have you in, in, in rare form, if that's the word you use to describe me. But it's a compliment that I will absolutely take. And I feel like I'm going to have to live up to that now over the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm great. How are you, sir? Uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's very fair, Stuart, with the, with the amount of stuff uh, that, that you do and, uh, and you juggle. And um, I suppose endeavouring um, to, to be positive because whilst other teams are looking forward um, to the the draft, which is uh, now just two weeks away, uh, we will be looking at the draft in a slightly different way because it will begin for us uh, a lot later than uh, for the others. Uh, we won't have a, a pick on the the Thursday, well, unless something incredible happens. I mean, you know, stranger things that have happened, and we could see, you know, maybe somebody decide on draft night that they want to give up um, what the Broncos you know, may may then accept for somebody like Jerry Judy. But ultimately, um, look, I think um, we are going to spend today maybe talking a little bit about um, our, our late round picks from the past that have been 
um, you know, major contributors, sometimes superstars, sometimes league-wide superstars, you, you would have to say, uh, in terms of some of the guys that were picked late, particularly in the, the 90s. Um, and, and I know that um, Joe Mahoney has done some work around um, on, on Mile Eye Report about teams who uh, don't have picks in the first and second round and, and kind of how common it is. So it's worth checking that out. Um, but he, he one line that did stand out to me, Stuart, was that um, in the, the 2022 draft, the Browns, Raiders, Rams, and Dolphins all had no picks uh, in the top 64. Uh, and the Texans had no picks in, in in the previous season. The Texans had no picks in the, the first or second round. I don't know if those are franchises that one um, wants to be part of that club, really. Oh, maybe maybe we'll, we'll give the Dolphins an exception to that one, Carl. I think they, they are trending upwards, although, unfortunately, they're, uh, they're quarterback albeit very talented, seems to suffer an awful lot of injuries. But no, the others are are definitely not. You know, anytime the Browns and the Texans are are on a list that is a list that one would want to avoid like the plague. Um, but yeah, no, and I think um, uh, just, you know, we've been chatting and part of this was, you know, like, like I'm sure most of our listeners, I'm sort of a subscriber to the Denver Broncos official website and they send out a, a newsletter um, which you know hasn't had a tremendous amount of news on it over the last few weeks uh, some might say that's probably no harm given at this stage of this sort of off season usually when you hear news about your team it tends not to be great news um, usually somebody might have got themselves into trouble when they're on the holidays uh, but what what I found really interesting was yesterday there was a there was a piece uh, I think Eric Delali who's been on uh, our show a lovely chap we met in London um, did a piece about highlighting our, our greatest hits effectively in rounds three and four, which is, as you say, is at the moment where we're going to be picking. And uh, particularly the third round column, I'd kind of forgotten some of the, some of the guys that we managed to get. Uh, some real superstars in there, including a couple of ring of famers, um, which is, uh, you know, not, not to be to be sneezed at. And, and you imagine, you know, you know, spoilers, but uh, Justin Simmons, I'm not sure if he'll make a ring of fame. Maybe he'll need to to win a Super Bowl and go on some deep playoff runs. But Justin Simmons is a fantastic player. Um, and it just goes to show you that, you know, there there is there is quality out there, I guess. You know, um, as we spoke last week about Elway, certainly some of Elway's earlier drafts were, were fantastic. He seemed to have an awful lot more hits than misses. Then, unfortunately, I think his drafts tailed off a little bit. Um, I think George Payton is probably batting, uh, you know, sort of, He's in. He's right at the five hundred mark. I think he's, you know, he's had some good ones. He's had some some bad ones. So we'll see where he's at. But there are definitely quality players to be found out there. Um. So yeah, that was that's kind of put me in a more positive frame of mind. I know I've been kind of a little down on on the Broncos draft. Um. Some might even go so far as to say lazy when it comes to looking at players that the Broncos might even be interested in. And I have now started to have a look at some of the. The visits, a couple of intriguing players that the Broncos have lined up to visit, uh, a safety and a, and a running back, both of whom sort of piqued my interest. But yeah, it was good to see. It was nice to sort of, to sort of, you know, feel like we have some sort of say in the, in the dance that is the draft that's coming up. And, and, and it kind of, it certainly got me a little bit more excited than I might have been, sort of, say, this time last week. Hence my Everbassets, Colin. Hence my Everbassets. Look at that. Well well done, Eric Zavala. You have uh, put a spring into to Stuart's step. 
And yeah, look, you, you mentioned Justin Simmons there, obviously a leader on, on defense and hopefully uh, we will see Justin have the opportunity to, to make a, a deep playoff run at, at some point uh, in his um, in, in his Broncos tenure. Um, who who else maybe jumped out off that uh, list uh, to to you, Stuart? Was there was there anyone else uh, in ter- in terms of third or fourth round picks that uh, that really kind of ju- jumped out at you? Yeah, there were a few. Column. Um, I guess I, I might go into the fourth. We'll we'll bring it down. We'll go fourth round, maybe then we'll we'll, we'll go to the third round. Obviously, we kind of I spoiled Justin Simmons. Um, but yeah, like there, there, there are a couple, I mean, there was a couple of guys who won, you know, who were key members of our, our first two Super Bowl wins. Um, like Lyle Alzado, Alzado, who, he was, a, it was an interesting character. There was a really good, uh, a football life about Lyle, which you should probably check out if you have the opportunity because he had a troubled life, but he was a superb player. Um, and he was, uh, a, a, you know, first team all pro on that famous orange crush defense. And, and he was one of the, the, I know the linebacking core that are the sort of the, that's the group that's usually mentioned most when it comes to the Orange Course. But Lyle was it was a wrecking ball up front. Um, Elvis Dumerville, Tom Jackson, another member of that uh, Orange Crush. Yeah, Tom Jackson was one of the few players that sort of bridged the gap from the Orange Crush up to the next Super Bowl. Uh, we played against the Giants, which I think was was uh, Tom's last game. Um, you know, down to people like Rick Upchurch, uh, who we uh, had the pleasure of chatting to. He was a was a tremendous character, really good fun. One of the one of the all time great um, NFL punt and kickoff returners. Um, if you've never looked at some of his highlights, I I would recommend you do that now. Julius Thomas was a fourth rounder. David Bruton, um, who was a, a key member of the Broncos, um, at special teams. He was a special teams captain. Uh, he's a fantastic. Um, uh, just, just a, just a great character to have around. Josie Jewell was a fourth rounder again. You know, a, a very decent contributor to the team. Uh, you know, an underrated linebacker, I think, in the last couple of years. Um, Brandon Marshall, not the linebacker, the wide receiver. Again, something of a troubled career, but incredibly talented on his day. Um, but for me, I think Lyle Alzado would probably be the player that I would would jump out alongside Tom Jackson. So two of those. Orange Crush, which really was one of the all-time great NFL defenses. So it just goes to show you that you can get players of that caliber dead in that fourth round. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in terms of Rick Upchurch, it's worth highlighting again. This is a guy who made um, all-decade teams twice. Uh, not just once, twice. And yet uh, he hasn't had a sniff of um, the actual Hall of Fame. Obviously, there are a number of Broncos that we would like to see get in there. Um, but he is um, as as entertaining off the field as he he was uh, on it certainly, um, and um, it, it's interesting because I don't know Stuart if you saw in terms of yeah, you mentioned Brandon Marshall there uh, he was on a podcast this week and uh, they asked him about if it was in the the last minute and in the uh, the red zone. And he, they, they needed a touchdown. Would he prefer if it was Jay Cutler or um, Ryan Fitzpatrick? And he went with Fitzpatrick because he pointed to an incident that had happened uh, with Cutler. Um, and he threw, uh, threw his, uh, his friend, he, who he did go on to give some love to, but threw uh, Brandon Stokely under the, the bus in his answer. And if you haven't seen it, it's worth uh, checking that one out. Um, 
One other name I would add uh, to to the list that, that you gave there um, is Elvis, Elvis Dumerville, who uh, was in the fourth round in 2006 and put what probably remains um, the, the, the biggest and best hit on Tom Brady that I have ever watched. Uh, it's a magnificent gif. It's a magnificent clip. Um, if uh, if you aren't, uh, if you find yourself on a day where you aren't feeling as effervescent as Stuart is, if you go and you watch that clip, it will uh, certainly, I think, uh, you know, cheer cheer you up no end. Uh, infamously, ends up not uh, getting the second contract due to uh, an error with the the fax machine. Um, who knows what what could uh, what could have been? And w- one other, yes, yeah, sure, that we we were um, discussing. Uh, Eric Decker, who probably, you know, kind of a, a maybe seemed to be a, a kind of a cookie cutter for, for Jimmy Garoppolo and uh, er- Eric Decker um, and was a, a very good receiver while he was with the the Broncos. I know uh, some Jets fans who were very excited when he went there, um, but he was a good receiver, but much like many receivers, playing with Peyton Manning uh, tended to make you look that little bit extra. Yeah, I liked Decker. I think Colin because I thought he did he did well when Tebow was the quarterback. I think Decker had had performed before Peyton Manning arrived. And obviously, you know when you have the Star Wars Star Wars numbers, um, you know. But sometimes you do see that a lot. It's it's hardly you know unique to the Broncos. You do sometimes see guys who move to different systems and then they they, they struggle. And I think anybody was going to struggle moving on from Peyton Manning, and especially you know when you think about when you've gone from Peyton Manning and and then historically. Um, brilliant offense to the Jets. Um, I'm, you know, you'd, you'd kind of wonder what Decker was was thinking. Surely there were, were other offers on the table for him. Um, I, I think with somebody like Decker, and I guess Louisville well, Dumerville as well, Colin. It's almost like sometimes players suffer from the inability to win that Super Bowl. You know, I think I, I, I sometimes we we tend to forget them. It's almost like the, the standards are so high that you know. And in Dumerville's case, you're kind of looking at it if he was able alongside Von Miller to get just that little bit more pressure on, on Joe Flacco, then the chances are we beat the Ravens. Obviously, then you can't legislate for the fact that Raheem more, you know, let's not go into it. But, you know, so like it's almost a fingertip away from Elvis Dumerville getting to Flacco. They win that game. They're almost certainly going to win the AFC Championship. And I think they'll beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl. And I think they'd beat them handily enough. Um, Decker was the same, you know, I think you look back on Decker if they'd won that Super Bowl against the Seahawks, and I think his time in Denver would be probably remembered more fondly. And so, you know, you're talking very, very fine margins. Um, you know, so I think that there's, I'm sorry, someone else called I just realized as well, I think, we, you know, we can probably move into the third round as well, I guess, because as I said, like, I'm spoiled just in sentence, but like there's players, like there are other Super Bowl winners, like. Ryan Harris, and unfortunately, and um, poor old Ronnie Hilden, who sadly passed away not too long ago. And um, again, Ronnie might have been a slightly divisive figure because he was very, very undersized for running back in the NFL. But he was also a good player, Ronnie Hillman, and did contribute to that Super Bowl win. You know, and and you know, if you look back on those highlights of those years, Ronnie Hillman was a, was a was a player who who definitely made an impact. Um, you know, and, and Ryan Harris famously kind of was called off his couch to kind of come and about the Broncos, you know, very last minute thing. And, you know, it's it's kind of all those sort of Disney stuff. Um, again, right, it seems like a lot of the people on this on these lists, Colin, were, were people we were lucky enough to have on the show because Ryan was, was a fantastic guest as well, I thought. Um, but he's a great story. You know, he, he'd come to the Broncos. He'd had a good career at the Broncos and he kind of bounced around a little bit. 
And, um, you know, and was effectively taken off his couch. You know, he was, he was in his kind of lounging gear, I think, when he got the phone call going, you know, we, we've been crippled by injuries to the offensive line. Can you come and help us out? And from what I remember that year, Colin, Ryan Harris kind of bounced around various different positions. I think he probably played every position on that offensive line apart from center uh, during the course of the season. So, you know, another another fantastic contributor that we got uh, in, in, in this time in the third round. Um, and I think, Colin, one of the, one of the most successful players in our history, who you might argue was drafted a little high in the third round, um, was the kicker Jason Elam, um, who was money without it. It was a huge surprise if Jason Elam missed a kick. Um, you know, again, I don't know if there are kicker highlights available on YouTube. Probably not. But Jason Elam was a fantastic kicker for for the Broncos. Um, you know, and somebody like Paul Howard, I think, was a guard who also played on that 1977 team. He was um, a player who was voted to the Broncos' top 100 in 2019. Um, and just great longevity there with the team. You know, so there are some really good players that were available. Um, and Justin Simmons, Carl, I think you're probably Justin Simmons' biggest fan, so I guess I'm going to hand that one over to you. I think you need to talk about Justin and all that he's done for us since he's arrived. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Yeah, I mean, to, to me, I suppose what, what Simmons represented everything you would want a Pat Boland Bronco to, to be, you know, because on and off the field, he contributes. He's true leader um, in the community. Uh, he contributes massively there. Uh, he is a voice um, in in the community uh, as well, and he's not afraid to speak up on issues. Um, but he has shown with his level of, of play on the, the field what a contributor he is. And the safety position is really interesting because it, obviously we know the big hitters, right? Yeah, the, the franchise that, that gave you Steve Atwater. Um, but part of the other side of playing safety is the ability to read the, the field. And essentially you are the quarterback of the, the defense in, in many ways you get to, to see the, the play kind of develop and uh, how, how it's going. And I think Justin Simmons has been um, really fantastic. And it just is a shame that there hasn't been an offense uh, to, to really go uh, along. Um, hopefully that is changing. And under Sean Payton, he will get the, the opportunity to showcase maybe on a, a wider um, stage what he is capable of but you know th- think about even say last year there were so there were moments where just it was justin simmons with a a, a turnover that turned things around um and uh, unfortunately also turned things around for the the jags because trevor lawrence talked about the impact of justin simmons and how he went kind of back and he had kind of sleepless nights after that London game because he hadn't seen uh, Justin Simmons and he really went back and evaluated um, the film and it had made him a much better uh, quarterback. If you look at, at Trevor Lawrence's 
um, kind of NFL career to date, that game against the Broncos is a, a real kind of turning point. Like he had had flashes up to then, but he'd had good games and bad games. After that Broncos game, he was fantastic for the rest of the, the season and into the, the playoffs. And even in the, the playoffs, obviously in their game against the, the Chargers, the way he rebounded from uh, an awful kind of opening to that. But um, that that is, I suppose, a, a testament to Justin Simmons' ability to force other players to go back to look at film and to reevaluate the way they played the game. And I think that um, speaks to, to everything uh, uh, about him. And yeah, it's, it's interesting what you said, Stuart, about the, the people we've had on the show and uh, the contributions that they have made. And you also touched on the fact that, yeah, we do focus on the, the rings, but I suppose that that is to be expected to to a certain uh, extent because kind of three of the the guys who made major, major contributions to the Broncos winning those rings in uh, 97 and, and 98 were all guys who um, were drafted um, in the late, late rounds. And uh, those uh, being, uh, the, the first of those being Shannon Sharp, uh, who you could argue changed the tight end position completely. Um, Terrell, uh, Terrell Davis um, and Tom Nalen. And, um, you know, I suppose, what, what are your memories of, of that trio and their uh, contributions to that, uh, the 90-0 Broncos? I remember um, Shannon Sharp column um, arrived a little bit before Terrell Davis, so you can still see Shannon Sharp in those old orange jerseys with the blue helmets. Um, I, I for a, for a while, um, Shannon Sharp was Sterling's brother, um, who seemed to be neither a tight end nor a wide receiver. Um, I, so that was kind of because he was a late round, and at that stage again, I you know. There, there wouldn't have been certainly over this side of the of the water. There wouldn't have been the sort of in depth um, draft coverage by any stretch of the imagination. So it was it was very difficult to find out about players. And um, I, for example, I'd never heard of the college that um, Sharp attended, uh, and um, I didn't know anything about him. But it didn't take long to kind of realize that this guy was was um, a nightmare um, for for defenders. And I know. Well, we've spoken about this for a long time, and and, and me in particular, when I, when I, when I was going to get into to the grips with the nuances of the game, a couple of things always stood out for me was one why the Denver Broncos seem to always get overpowered in Super Bowls by bigger NFC defenses, and the other one was why on earth can nobody in Denver cover that position that is neither sort of wide receiver nor running back? Um, why why do we always get destroyed by tight ends? And finally, with Shannon Sharp it looked like we had our own version of that. And little did I know that we had far more than our own version of that. We actually had somebody who has a legitimate client who one of the best tight ends in NFL history. Um, and as you say, he he did change the position, I think, because you started to see more and more um, sort of big body wide receivers rather than tight ends. Who were, Like when I would have thought of a tight end in the 90s, I would have thought of um, Bavaro from the Giants. He was somebody that you would have thought of, whereas Shannon Sharp was far more athletic. The other thing about Shannon Sharp column is, and you know, he's, he's obviously a very interesting character. He's, he's a brilliant player. He was in a three-time Super Bowl winner or two with the Broncos. Um, he was also a very good blocker. You know, he didn't sort of forget about the basics of the game. He wasn't somebody who 
you know, who, who was only interested in the fancy stuff. So he he was a, a nuts and bolts tight end, but he was also incredibly explosive. He's it's worth looking back at those um the the reviews of the of the Super Bowl winning years. The one that Shannon Sharp comments on, and particularly about the Super Bowl against the Falcons, when he tells his brother to to put the house on him winning MVP because the um the game plan is entirely focused on Shannon Sharp and he expects himself, you know, to get at least three touchdowns, if not more. And then of course Pearl Shannon gets injured in the process of, of being stopped on the one yard line and, and doesn't feature again, I think pretty much for the rest of the game. But he's just a really interesting character. He's a very good guy to 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 to, to just about the game. He just you know, you want to talk about Everessence, there there's the definition of it. Um but as as impactful as Shannon Sharp was, Colin, to me, um, nobody defines the Broncos' 90s teams, especially on offense, as much as Terrell Davis does. I think Terrell Davis's hit on that 49ers player over in Tokyo um, was a franchise-changing moment. Um, and he says it himself, and again, in, in the review of the year, it's well worth, uh, in America's game, um, it's well worth checking those out because... You know, Terrell Davis does talk about that fact that he wanted to go home. He'd had enough. He was finished. He, he didn't see how he was going to make the team. Um, he didn't see the point of it. He was unhappy. He was eating hot dogs on the sideline. Um, he tried to get a plane out from Tokyo, and thankfully the person on the desk didn't understand him. Um, so that was the delay. Then he ended up making an impact on special teams. And the rest is history. But he, you know, I think sometimes we think he made that big hit over Tokyo and suddenly he was the starting running back. No, he wasn't. He moved up from like six to fifth on the depth chart, then fifth to fourth. He clawed his way up. Um, you know, when you see somebody like David, you see the impact he had, you wonder, you know, sometimes you kind of go, I wonder how many other players may have made an impact, not just for the Broncos, but for other teams around the league who don't have that one moment. It's almost like chance passes them by. Um, because it was a very real... Um, opportunity that that Terrell Davis was going to retire from the NFL after never having played uh, a, a snap proper and um, so that you know but then once he once he began to you know once, once he got a, a head of steam there was almost no stopping Terrell Davis and until he got injured um the year after John Ellery retired um he was on an historic run of form there was a, no running back that really could hold a candle to him at that stage. He was, he was unstoppable. He he won that Super Bowl for us. I know the likes of Atwater and and, and people like that made big impacts, but to me, Terrell Davis won the Super Bowl against the Packers. And when you consider he sat out one entire quarter because he uh, had a migraine and couldn't see, the the stats that he put up, Terrell Davis could have got close to three hundred yards if he'd been fit for the entire Super Bowl. Colin. Um just a magnificent player and as I said I do genuinely believe that that big moment over in Tokyo when he when he made that hit on special teams changed the course of the Broncos and it changed the franchise and that moment down the line was responsible for back-to-back -back Super Bowls and sometimes things can actually just hinge on one second one play um, and I think it's kind of a lesson to us all in, in life and I think in, certainly in sports you know not to take anything for granted and to seize the opportunity when it comes yeah no, I, exactly. I, I think um, I would echo all of your, your sentiments there. And just, I mean, TD was just incredible. And opposing, it didn't know, you knew it was coming, right? And there was nothing, nothing you could you could do about it. I, I do think it's worth shouting out um, Tom Nalen as well. And I know 
um, that Thomas Hall and Emma um, Smith, uh, who uh, some of our listeners may know from Twitter, have done a lot of work kind of uh, around digging into to Nalen and just how good of a centre he was. And uh, I know that uh, Zach Seegers as well, um, there was a, a kind of a Twitter poll recently or um, Twitter debate perhaps talking about some of the, the players from the, the past that you'd like to see join the current Broncos outside of the, the various obvious ones like your Elway, Manning and, and TD. Um, and I, uh, Zach gave some love to um, Tom Nalen because what an upgrade at the, the center position. I think he played 188 games for us and um, really like that line remember against the the Packers was absolutely incredible and he was the the anchor piece to to that so um, it, it does show I suppose that there are uh, there, you know just how much talent there is and I mean this is we're we're discussing the the, the Broncos we you know 31 other teams you could go through their um, various um histories and find players who have gone in in the later rounds it's the obviously the guys who perform in college who go earlier and yes statistically they they should but there is a lot in terms of the transition and a lot of it the is intangible in terms of these guys generally have been the best of the best all of a sudden they're going into the league where People are almost equally as talented. They've generally been playing with guys their own age. Now they're going into a, a league where they could be playing with guys who are 10, 12, 15 uh, year, years older. And guys with, you know, um, families who are, are trying to make a roster. It, it's a very different sort of thing. And also to avoid falling into the trap of, of thinking you've made it. So it, it is a very, uh, you know, there's nothing sure about it. I mean, I, I've seen some stuff in Twitter over the last kind of week or so highlighting, especially some of the quarterbacks taken either for, like as the first quarterback off the board or indeed quarterbacks taken in, in the first round. There are very few sure things uh, in the NFL. And uh, we, we will be back uh, next week. Michael should be back with us from his uh, travels and um, at that point we we will obviously just be uh, a week away uh, from the the draft but Stuart I want to thank you for taking the time to join me and uh, delve in to the the Broncos uh, past and uh, some fond fond memories you can find Stuart on Twitter at PurpleHeartTC Michael is on there at Michael underscore NFL and I am on there at column from Cork thanks to everyone at Mile High Report there is a a brand new logo I believe for the podcast network and uh, definitely check out the other podcasts across the network and if you are enjoying us please do rate review and subscribe it makes a huge difference in terms of helping other people to find us but for now all that remains to say is go Broncos go Broncos